beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. <laughs> the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. I'm so happy to share with you my conversation with Maho Malfino, author of the newly released book called Break the Good Girl Myth, How to Dismantle Outdated Rules, Unleash Your Power, and Design a More Purposeful Life. I read this book over the summer and the whole idea resonated with me. Identifying as a good girl, wanting to be seen as a good girl, and simultaneously wanting to break out of that trap. Even at 40-something, I am still dismantling these parts of my identity, and I could see myself, and I could see so many of my friends in the five different types of good girls that Maho writes about. In our conversation, Maho shares a little more about what breaking your good girl myth means, and I share the parts of me that still sees myself as a good girl and where that feels healthy and where that feels woefully outdated. I really enjoy bringing these bonus conversations to you, so do make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss one. Remember, the main show always comes out on Tuesdays, but the bonus episodes are often a surprise. You want to make sure that you hit the subscribe button so that these extra conversations, this extra food for thought, that they pop up as soon as they're live. So now to my conversation with author and podcaster Maho Malfino and her new book, Break the Good Girl Myth. Maho, thank you so much for coming to be on the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. I read your book this summer. I have been binging your show, your own podcast, and I'm just so happy to have you here to come talk to us about our inner good girls. 
Thanks, Laura. Thanks for having me. So for any of my listeners who may not have stumbled across you yet, can you just introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us a little bit about your background, who you are. I want to hear a little bit about your show, all all of those things. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Maho. I'm an author, designer, and women's leadership coach. I recently wrote a book called Break the Good Girl Myth, as you mentioned. I'm also the host of the Heroin Podcast, which features top female leaders, creatives, and visionaries. Background is that I have a master's in learning design and technology from Stanford University. Uh, You can find my work online. Uh, I've been doing this for a few years now, supporting women in finding their voice, sharing their gifts, and unlearning that good girl conditioning that may have followed them into adulthood. I have to admit, when I saw the title of your book, I knew immediately that it was something that I would want to read because I have self-identified, like even used the phrase, like I am a good girl from earliest days, even now to in my 40s. And we can talk about the different good girl myths that you outline in your book, but mine have sort of shifted as I age, but they all go back to this root of wanting to be good, wanting to be seen as good. And so I I just could not get enough of the book. Do you want to give us a little bit of explanation for why you wanted to write this? Was it something that you saw in your coaching that made you feel like you needed to speak to it? Or was it your own journey? Like, where did the idea for the book come from? It was both. It was both my own journey and my coaching. Uh, Personally, I'm a daughter of immigrants. I grew up wanting to repay my parents for their sacrifice. And one of the ways I did that was I became really good at school, uh, got straight A's. I did jazz ballet, classical piano. I played multiple instruments. I really did everything I could to perform and please throughout my life. So I was also that prototypical good girl. So I can relate to you. And I think we all have our own reasons for becoming a good girl. And for me, it was like, really not feeling like I belonged because I didn't quite fit into Canadian society, which is where I grew up, but I didn't quite fit into the culture of my parents either. And so uh, this sort of cultural identity crisis led me to uh, try to be perfect and try to assimilate as much as I could uh, to those around me. And then in working with women in my coaching, I noticed that so many women want to be badasses They want to write the book. They want to start the podcast. They want to start the business. They want to share their gifts, but they feel stuck. And it's painful to watch because there's so many brilliant women out there with incredible contributions that they can offer the world and the world desperately needs us. Like we need female perspectives. And so I started thinking about how can I help unblock these women and support them? And many were experiencing the same blind spots again and again that I had experienced as well. I use the word blind spots because the good girl myths are subconscious tendencies that we pick up as little girls and that affect our leadership today. And they are things that really follow us into adulthood, even though we think, oh, I thought I was totally over that. They're still under the surface. They're still operating and directing our behavior. And they're core strategies of approval that we use that keep us stuck, that keep us disempowered, uh, that we need to unlearn to really share our gifts. Yeah, it's so true. So the, the five good girl myths... And I took something from all five of them. You know, you do a deep dive on each of these 
types of good girls. And I could see myself and I could see my friends, my women friends, as I looked around and I was like, oh, you know, she definitely has the good girl myth of harmony. That's not one of mine. The five good girl myths are rules, perfection, logic, harmony, and sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And in the book, you give a little quiz, which I took, and it unsurprisingly, my results, I got out of 30 points, I had 12 points towards perfection, Mm -hmm. which has been a huge one for me. But you know, what's funny is there's been so much messaging online and in, you know, women aimed podcasts or social media accounts or whatever that have really broken down women's idea of not feeling enough or some of the perfection standards. And I felt like I really fell into that box. So I've, I've done a lot of work towards dismantling some of that. But then as I was reading your book and coming through the other ones, I realized that as an adult, I've now just pivoted to the good girl myth of logic. Mm. That feels like more intellectual or more mature So I'm like, oh, no, I don't struggle with perfection as much. I've grown out of that. But really, I've just sort of taken on a new. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. I was thinking I didn't I didn't know it until I was reading your book. And I was like, oh, it's not that I haven't grown. I have. But like that you there's still the stuff behind it. You know what I mean? Do you think that for you? noticing that the myth of logic coming up, do you think that has to do with like you wanting to be seen as credible and more established and not, and kind of set apart from the woo over there, you know, is that where it's coming from for you? I think maybe, you know, I do want to be seen as like smart or thoughtful Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be contributing to the perfection myth And, you know, like I've worked online for so long. And so I really moved out of that. And then on the actual test, on the actual quiz in your book, my second highest score myth was the the myth of rules. I'm a Mm -hmm. real rule follower. I'm an Enneagram one. I find Mm -hmm. a lot of comfort Mm -hmm. in rules. Mm -hmm. But I have always sought out people in my life who were rule breakers So Mm -hmm. I can be the good girl, but I'm very attracted to like, you know, dating bad boys. I married someone who makes R-rated content. I like to stand in contrast to people who are not rule followers. And so again, just like with the perfection, as I get older, you know, life happens and you start to realize like, oh, some of these barriers in my life, you know, I've done a lot of therapy. I've broken down. Then when I got to the logic piece, which I would not have pegged myself as at all, but when I was reading it, especially now where like the world is so divisive, we're in an election year, we're arguing of, over facts. and That's true. Mm-hmm. You know, so then you start to think, oh, I want to be the most right one, the most logical one. And, but it's all still wanting to be good, you know, like what you talk about all throughout the book. So wow. I just wanted to share that with you. Thanks for sharing that. So interesting because I'm more and more as I uh, meet women who are doing the assessment and figuring out what their good girl myths are, I am noticing the pattern of if you are high on something like perfection, you tend to attract friends or partners who are high on something like harmony, right? Because the perfection logic 
and rules myths are what I call, I don't, I didn't put this in the book, but I'll, I'll share with your listeners now. They're more of the rigid good girl myths, whereas harmony and sacrifice are more on the spectrum of embracing chaos, right? And unstructured. And so if you tend to lean more towards rigidity, which I do as well, you're going to attract people who present the opposite of that, right? Which is beautiful because that's an opportunity to grow together because you're going to basically trigger each other (laughs) in some ways, right? Um, Some of my deepest friendships have been with women who score very high on the myth of sacrifice and the myth of harmony. And um, they don't quite understand how I can be so rigid and I don't quite understand how they can be so embracing of fluidity and giving and because what they're struggling with are boundaries, right? And I think someone like you and I were probably pretty good at boundaries, right? I imagine. Is that the case for you? Yes. Very much so. (laughs) Right. So you might attract somebody who needs support in that area. You're exactly right. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com and use code U, Y-O-U. Some of my loved ones and very close friends really, I assume, would score high, especially on harmony. Like Mm -hmm. people in my life really value peacemaking in our friendships and our friend groups online. And I am, you know, often baffled by that because I'm like, why do you care about keeping the peace when, you know, what's happening isn't the right thing that's happening here? You know what I mean? I really value the right thing. Mm -hmm. And we do, we rub up against each other sometimes in those like cross purposes. And I just hadn't put that all together. There's so many popular ways of looking at this that I have not really gelled with, like the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, like some of these personality tests that I sort of, I don't, I don't totally get on board with all of these, but reading about the good girl myths, it just resonated with me because it might be because I, in my early forties, but also because of the state of the world right now, I feel this push and pull of wanting to be good, but also wanting to be a disruptor. Mm-hmm. A little bit. And I, I like, I can't reconcile them. What, like, what do you say to the women who are reading this and are like, yep, I am a good girl. Now what? <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm curious about that. You mentioned two parts of you. Can you describe the part that wants to be good? Describe the part that wants to be the disruptor. I want to be good and that I 
it's hard to think of anything besides politics right now. And I don't want to get mm-hmm. into like a political discussion here. I Let's just sort of talk about what's happening online. But like, I want to be good and that I want to be a little bit more like, let's agree to disagree. I'm inclusive of all the thoughts and I want to have compassion for where you are and what your journey is. And then I also feel like the stakes are high. This is Mm -hmm. like red alert, red alert. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I honestly have struggled. And I'm talking about this with other friends who also work online. If the messaging is like how we feel personally versus like the overall message that we want to impart to the world and what my deepest work is on this show. And I have an upcoming book coming up as well. And I really talk a lot about sharing yourself and being seen, letting yourself be seen and -hmm. known. And that that's what pulled me out of years of deep loneliness. And I really, really feel that way. Mm -hmm. But that is in contradiction a little bit to being a good girl, which for me originally started out as perfection, which is quiet, Mm -hmm. saying the right thing, not offending anybody, Mm -hmm. um, being the smartest person in the room, like being very, I mean, it's an unattainable ideal. Like it's an, like, as I'm thinking of what my perfection is, it's absurd and how Mm -hmm. unattainable it is when I like think about it. Totally. But I'm still striving for it. It's some part of me is still thinking like, that's who I should be in my relationships in my online space, mm-hmm. in world history, like it's a lot of pressure to put on myself. Yeah. And, you know, I talk about, I'm. thank you for sharing that. I talk about how the five good girl myths, they're not inherently bad, right? Like it's not bad for us to be good. The question is, are we defaulting into it or are we choosing it? And I think with what's happening online and politically, there's a lot of pressure, especially if you're on a progressive liberal side, to be good, right? To do the right thing, to do the moral thing. And I think a critical stance is, am I choosing this? Am I really looking through the issues? And am I think, am I looking at both sides? Am I really choosing this? Or am I just defaulting it into it because I feel pressure and I'm also afraid of getting in trouble? You know, that's coming up for me a lot with the online space, especially with cancel culture and call out culture my myth of rules gets flared up and I'm like, I don't want to get in trouble. And now I'm operating from a place of avoiding backlash instead of authenticity and what I really believe, right? So I think that there are, you know, what I hear you saying too is there's the two parts of you and I think all of us are struggling with this is like the good, rational, I want to be, (laughs) I want to be, you know, a good liberal, (laughs) you know, in some ways, uh, if that relates, versus um, some part of you that is like intuitively like some disruption, some more revolutionary sense, some kind of um, raw emotion wants to come through, right? And is that is that fair that, to say? That's right. Because, you know, the opposite of good, and I know that you're not advocating to be the opposite of good, but if I'm trying to break out of some of my good girl tendencies, what I immediately think of is the opposite of good is bad. And I don't want to be a bad girl. Like I dated bad boys so that they could be the bad part of the Mm -hmm. equation. Like I don't want to be seen as bad. I don't want to feel bad in my spirit. I don't want to feel 
I mean, I'm not a rule breaker. It doesn't feel good to me. It doesn't feel freeing. It doesn't feel like independence. It feel it still feels to me like this isn't the right. I'm in the wrong pool when mm-hmm. when there's something you know bad or I don't like to cheat. And I know all these words are you know not exactly synonymous, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be in a good girl box anymore. And I. I don't think I am necessarily, but I'm not ready to be not good. Yeah, that makes total sense. The opposite of the good girl is not the bad girl. It's the essential self. So often I ask women on the heroin podcast, the first question I ask women, what were you like as a little girl before all the socialization, before all the rules landed on your head? And typically that throws someone back to, I was creative. I was you know, I painted on the walls. I had, or maybe I was quiet. I was introverted. I was imaginative. Like, great. That's the opposite of your good girl, right? Because the good girl are the layers of socialization of what we're talking about, rules, perfection, harmony that cover up the more original self that wants to shine through, that wants to be. And that original self may have moments of being a little bad and mischievous, but isn't necessarily like fully in that state all the time. With all of these things, it's about having the freedom to choose how to be because we're very multidimensional people. As women, we're extremely multidimensional. We have so many sides to us. By the time you're in your early 40s, you have... 30 or 40 different little selves inside of you, right? Because you've had that much lived experience. You want to be able to choose between what self to bring forward in a given context instead of default into the good girl self again and again. Mm -hmm. How much do you think our good girl, and I know that culture tells us to be good girls, our you know, our religion, our family, our, you know, there's so many ways we can get this idea of being a good girl, but how often do you see, or how much do you think our own mothers play into our good girl selves? Because I realized that the one that I identified with the least of the good girl myths was the myth of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because I had a working mother. She was always very, you know, she took care of herself in a healthy way and all this kind of thing. So I didn't see what I see some of my women friends, my mom friends really take on this mantle of sacrifice. And some of it, I know that they inherited from their mothers who laid down everything for their own families. And so now that they are moms, they are feeling that same guilt. I didn't have that exact type of mom. So that's not where I am, but I am just wondering how much you see a correlation between mothers and daughters in their good girl myths. Huge. I think with the myth of sacrifice, like you pointed out, that is the myth where what was modeled to us is what we copy. So, right, for them, if you had a mother or grandmother who was extremely self sacrificing, who was rewarded for being self sacrificing, for putting other people before herself, you saw that model to you in that gender norm, you are more likely to have that good girl myth. Now, there is some exception in which there is a a phenomenon that happens, which is really interesting, in which you may, if it was extremely destructive to see your mother be self-sacrificing, you might swing your pendulum to the complete other side and say, I will never sacrifice for anyone, right? And that is also a kind of trap, 
right? Because even as you react to anything patriarchal, if you're going to react to it, to that extreme, you're still trapped by it. You're still bound by it. You want to create more freedom and integrate it and come into the middle and say, okay, I don't want to be as extreme as my mother, but it's not true that I don't ever want to sacrifice. What can I do? What's the middle ground here? And I think that's what we want to come back down. We want to come back to into balance with each of these good girl myths. Some of us have just swung too much to one end and we need to just come back to center. Uh, we don't need to throw away that quality altogether because harmony has a place. Right. And so do rules. Yes. I mean, absolutely. Rules are huge. I think rules are big for creativity. In fact, I think constraints breed the best creativity in the world. That's how design is. All good design is made through structure and rules. So what do you want to see from women as they read this book? I know you share some really beautiful stories in the book of people that you've coached or worked with who have recognized their good girl myths and sort of been able to move beyond them or just an awareness of them has, has helped them progress. What would you like to see as women are learning this about themselves, reading the book, and then sort of taking next steps? Mm -hmm. This book is an activating book. So it's a book that you read. And by the time you're done, I want you to feel like, wow, I've gone through all my good girl layers. And now I'm ready to get honest with myself about what I truly want to contribute to the world. And I'm ready to share my voice. I'm ready to start that business. I'm ready to leave that relationship. I'm ready to make a change because this is again, a book that's activating. So it's for a woman who's in a kind of stagnant, maybe more passive state who is ready for transformation and to be ushered to the other side, to get engaged, to get into the arena. (laughs) Because a lot of us are on the sidelines. We're hiding, we're quiet, we're watching right? But we're not in the arena. And it's like, we need you in the arena. We need you co-designing the future alongside men and everybody else. Yeah. I think it definitely did that for me. I mean, just like any other thing that I've worked through again, like in therapy or as I'm learning more about myself and trying to grow, just being aware of it, of like aware of the root of this thought or the root of this action is like, oh, this is this is something that I have taught myself is the good girl way to be. And it's just not true anymore. It's not true because the world has changed or I've changed. I'm 41. Like, who is this goodness for? Yes. I love that question. Yeah. And sometimes there's an answer there. You know, I have a daughter, I have children. I have a way that I want to walk in the world and going back to alignment, I want it to feel good. So it's, there is sometimes an answer of who is this goodness for, but a lot of times when I'm journaling through something, I realize that I'm still trying to please my parents mm-hmm. who are wonderful people. And like, I love them, but that's not like the standard anymore. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, and I, it's very hard to drop mm-hmm. or I'm trying to please a certain aspect of community that I've been, that I, that I haven't been a part of for a long time, but I mm-hmm. still am like, oh, that's where I learned to be good. That's where I was rewarded for being good. And I was really, really good. And I still trot out some of those tropes about myself. So like I never had a drink of alcohol until I was 21. 
I didn't have sex. I went to college on a scholarship. I did all of these things in my youth, like that I literally still hold as some kind of trophy. Mm-hmm. I'll like bring it out at cocktail parties as people are talking about it. I'm like, let me tell you what a good girl I was. Isn't this hilarious? And it maybe it gets a laugh or whatever, but really like, why am I still talking about that? Mm. Or holding, holding mm-hmm. that as part of my identity. Yes. That's what I hear you saying. You're just being really honest. And I appreciate that about, wow, I've held this. I've been proud to be a good girl is what I hear you saying. <laughs> like it's kind of a badge of honor. And I think that a lot of women can relate to that because we're so highly rewarded for it. Uh, I talk about this in the chapter in the myth of rules. When we look at rules, there's definitely a very high cost to us following the rules. We give up our, we don't share our true gifts. We don't find our real purpose and self-authority when we follow the rules. But what are the benefits? Because it's only until we understand the benefits that we're going to understand why we keep hooking into it. If I follow the rules, I'm going to gain approval, connection, and even a sense of belonging. If I follow the rules, I get to be in control and I gain ultimate safety and comfort. If I follow the rules, I get to experience more convenience and ease. And in your case, I even heard, if I follow the rules and fully embrace this, I get to say, I get to be proud and have this as, as part of my identity. So there's, a, there's some honor there, some pride. These are all benefits. This is on the benefit side of the equation. But again, what are the stakes, Right. What does it cost you when you're being a good girl? What does it cost you? You don't share your gifts. You're not in alignment. And you're not truly living that life of purpose that you truly want to live um, because it's, you're following a map that you've inherited that has been given to you by culture, society, that may or may not align with your most essential self. In most cases, it does not. Right. It's not satisfying to me anymore. Mm-hmm. to be that. And I think that's come from several years of work on myself and, and growth. And suddenly I realized that, you know, it, ser- it did serve me. I was a very anxious child and rules and perfection, they did serve me for a certain stage of my life. And now they don't. Mm-hmm. And it, but it is work to figure out like what to do next. Like if they don't, I'm not going to suddenly swing to the other side, like you said, and like become like a crazy disruptor. Like that's not who I am. I'm not going to be that person. But what is the middle now? Like what is the shedding of the, the good girlness that kept me safe when I was young? But now that's not like safety isn't my primary problem or concern or it, it is, it's just hard for me to figure out like how I want to still feel the satisfaction of goodness when the scale has changed. What I perceive to be good is different now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's a really important question. Do you have any hunches of what that middle ground is for you? I've become a lot more assertive in my work mm-hmm. and that has felt very good and I didn't expect it to feel good, but for a long time, I sort of let things come to me. I hoped that success would just wander by, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to be chosen. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just standing there being so good. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> and it, like, frankly, pretty irritated by the girls who, like, metaphorically ran ahead and waved their arms, me, me, me. I was like, no, we are supposed to stand in line and wait and be chosen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the closer I got to 40, sort of in my late 30s, in the last few years, the more I started to care less about about things naturally. I feel like this is a natural thing that a lot of women go through for lots of reasons. But as that natural thing started to happen, I started to just be more assertive. And I was surprised at like, oh, this actually feels good. This doesn't feel scary or bad or any of the things that my good girl self would have thought it would have felt like to be that way. Mm -hmm. And so I just keep stepping into that just over and over. It's just stepping into that. That's the only hunch I have. I don't have like a concrete hunch, I guess, but Mm -hmm. I do feel like it feels good to I never thought at 41, it would feel good to like, oh, I'm going to try something new and see Mm -hmm. how this feels. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try something new and see how this feels. I felt like by the time you're in your 40s, you should be like, you should know what you're doing. You're not still doing trial and error. And I am fully still doing trial and error in my life, in my relationships all the time. Yeah, that's so great. I think the inner good girl in us believes that we should be set by a certain age, like you mentioned, but the truth is experimentation is one of the greatest antidotes to the myth of perfection. So I spend a great deal talking about my background in design thinking and prototyping. You know, if you have an idea, prototype it quickly, throw it out somewhat, throw it at somebody, get feedback quickly. And that is actually quite an active state, right? It's not a passive waiting state. It's gaining clarity through making and not waiting. And I'm a very big fan of that because a lot of women come to me, they're like, I know I'm meant for something more. I don't quite know what it is. I've been journaling. I've been meditating. I've been researching. Like, ah, you're in a waiting stance. (laughs) And clarity comes from actually making, from putting it into action, from prototyping our ideas. And so I'm a huge fan of experimentation. It's what I teach in my coaching and programs. It is the essence of creative confidence, which is what we lose when we're becoming like good girls. We're like afraid to take risks. We're afraid to make the mistake, right? We're afraid to put ourselves out there because of judgment of others, possible failure. So I'm happy to hear you're experimenting in your early 40s. I think that's the way that you are showing you are breaking your good girl myth of perfection and rules. It is. It's been a a really uh, interesting, fun growth few years for me. And then sort of reading it in your book and seeing it kind of while I'm in progress, I guess, while I'm in the middle of this, I'm not at the beginning of breaking out of my good girl myths, but I'm certainly not towards the end either. Your book came to me at a perfect time. So I appreciate you writing it and talking Mm -hmm. with me today about it, just sharing yourself, sharing your wisdom with the world. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Laura. Thanks for having me on. Is there, can you tell us really quickly where we can find you on the web? I'm sure my listeners are going to want to go follow you wherever you are. (laughs) Sure. So I'm at goodgirlmyth.com and on Instagram at Maho Molfino. Maho spelled M-A-J-O. Amazing. Thank you so (laughs) much. Thank you. Just listen to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. 
You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.